630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. The NHL looking at January 1st. Can they make it happen? We'll discuss tonight. Thursday night football, pretty good matchup. Indy at 5-3, and three, taking on Tennessee at 6-2. First round of the Masters, Paul Casey looking very good. 7 under par. Tiger Woods right there. He shot 4 under. Dustin Johnson, he did not finish his round. Now, the round uh, did not get done here. Obviously, he was delayed by rain in the morning at Augusta and sitting here in November gets dark a lot earlier than it does when the tournament usually played in April. Dustin Johnson got halfway through his round. He's three under par after nine holes. Mike Weir and Nick Taylor, the top Canadians, they're both one under. Taylor not done his round. He has finished 13 holes. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Inside Sports on Oilers and Double E Radio 630. Chet, I'm happy to hear from you this evening especially if you have any thoughts about the National Hockey League, 780-496-0063, the number to both call and text. Is this realistic? If you're an owner, what do you want? If you're a player, what do you want? Because I think that is going to be as much a factor in all of this as dealing with COVID and hybrid bubbles and keeping the players safe and possibly the fans safe if fans are allowed into the arena. And of course, uh, the COVID is a big concern, as, as we've heard with uh, the, what uh, Jason Kenny said today and some of the things going on in our province and uh, many other jurisdictions in, the, uh, in, in Canada and the United States, I guess, if we're going to keep it to the NHL in terms of where the games are going to be played. So uh, that's what we'll talk about tonight. The AJHL will get going, even though the Premier did say today there's, there's now uh, restrictions here on recreational activities, on team activities specifically. He said that does not apply to junior, college, and university teams. So obviously with really nothing going on at the college and university levels in terms of competition, that pretty much at this point applies to the AJHL. And uh, they get to start their season tomorrow, finally. They were going through a bit of an exhibition schedule where you were playing the same team over and over again. They expanded their cohorts now, and uh, they're going to get going tomorrow with six games, including Camrose going to Brooks and Spruce Grove will play home to Sherwood Park. And uh, we'll talk more about the AJHL season with Brendan Escott on the show tomorrow night. I do want to mention here before we we dive into the, some of the NHL stuff, uh, Phil Housley is coming up on the show tonight. It is Hockey Hall of Fame week on the show. Lanny McDonald graced us with his presence on Monday. Mark Howe, he was excellent on Tuesday. Phil Housley's at 7.30 tonight. And I can tell you we have a uh, longtime Washington Capitol and former Montreal Canadian Rod Langway coming up on the show tomorrow. So keep that in mind. We're having a lot of fun with those interviews. James texting in. He says, Reed, I live for your interviews with the pride of Athabasca, Jay Onright, 20 minutes of pure entertainment. Jay Onright's coming up after the 6.30 news. James, I don't know if we can keep Jay's attention for 20 minutes, but we'll try to get him for at least a few. Yeah, he is always fun to have on the show. A good friend of mine who has really expanded his entertainment prowess beyond the world of just being a television sports anchor. Great guy. Bob Stoffer's also on tonight, so we'll touch on a variety of things. And oh my goodness, do I have a quiz for Stoffer lined up for him tonight? Do I ever have a quiz for Stoffer lined up tonight? 
I got a golf question. I got to say this. I don't think Bob's going to know it. I think he, I got three questions for him tonight. I think he's going to know the other two. I don't think Bob's going to know the Masters question. Maybe I'm being a little cocky here, but I think of all of all the sports you could list off that, that like that are that are still fairly mainstream. I'm not talking about high lie or or questions about polo in the 1920s, but I think of all the sort of mainstream sorts. Bob's um least level of comfort in answering trivia questions is golf so i think i'm going to stump him on a golf one tonight even though i think for the golf fans out there it's not that difficult so we shall see all right so here here's what i can tell you about the national hockey league um they are still saying that january 1st remains the target date of course that is subject to change today the nhl board of governors met the NHL Players Association met uh, via conference calls. There's, there were, there are not going to be any media releases or statements coming out of these. I think they were mainly information sessions. But January first remains the target date. John Shannon was on with me in this time slot on Tuesday night, and it's his belief that if it's January first, it's a 56 game season, and then they go into the playoffs. I think we're we're looking at a Canadian division, and. Now, are, he, there's still uh, some debate here about what could happen. And this is, uh, as we know, it's a continuum of, of uh, look, a week from now, a, a week from now, next Thursday, whatever the date's going to be, November 19th, we could be doing a show about training camp starts in three weeks. And, and, that's, and that's the story that day. Or it could be they've pushed it back. January 1st is no longer the target. January 15th is the target. Or they don't have a target. They're just telling us it's not January 1st. There's still so much that is floating around with this. But, I, you know, John was pretty sure that if it's January 1st, it's 56 games. And that they will either play. John and I talked about hybrid bubbles. So hub cities but for a, for a couple of weeks, maybe 12 to 14 days. Let's stick to the premise of a Canadian division. So say Winnipeg is a, a hub city. All seven Canadian teams convene there. They camp out there for a couple of weeks. They play maybe seven or eight games. So it could be some sort of a round robin. And then you play uh, one, or, one or two other teams twice each. And then you go home for a week and you don't play. And you're still expected to be safe and and you know be tested and all that kind of stuff and i assume there'd be practicing and then once that week is over you either go back to say winnipeg or now vancouver is the hub for a couple of weeks if the season starts january 1st edmonton won't be a hub because the the world juniors are at rogers place now the other thing that continues to be discussed and there was more chatter about it today was that the teams do travel as they would they go visit their opponents but they play series like in baseball. Matthew Schneider mentioned this when he was on the show uh, near the end of the Stanley Cup playoffs. He's from the Players Association. He uh, he jumped on with us one night and he talked about there very possibly being a Canadian division. And he also said that could they look into, okay, it's like baseball. So if the Oilers have to go to Vancouver, they go for 
probably three games to real. And here's the thing. If they, if they do a Canadian division for 56 games and it stays that way for the whole year, you're playing every other team at least nine times. And you're going to have to play a couple of team uh, teams, uh, 10 times. So it would kind of be a baseball style schedule. So maybe when Edmonton goes to Vancouver, they play on a Monday, Wednesday, and a Thursday to cut down on the travel it's they keep them in one place for four or five days and then maybe Edmonton goes to Calgary for two or three games or comes home to play somebody else and that they could do that because there would probably be some owners that still want games in their building and as we've seen south of the border there are some jurisdictions allowing fans so let's just pick Dallas for example Let's say they're going to let the Dallas Stars have 5,000 fans. The ownership of that team is going to say, well, that's better than nothing. 5,000 fans buying pop and hot dogs and nachos and beer and the odd souvenir isn't anywhere near the revenue we want, but it's better than zero. So what's, what are some of the hangups here? Well, that that in itself could be one of the hangups that, that some owners might say, I am going to lose less money by not playing than I am by playing and having expenses for players and coaches and arena staff and all that kind of stuff, but no revenue. I, I'd sooner not play and have zero revenue, but also zero expenses. I, I do think that that is a concern that has been voiced and will be voiced and could be a hang up in that, in this process. I don't know how many teams it is. I couldn't tell you which teams it is, but I know it's out there. So the other thing that could come up with this and, and this was not put into the CBA that they renegotiated and, and ratified before they got into the qualifying round. And we saw this as a hang up in baseball that the players still wanted as much of their salary as they could possibly get. Okay. So let, for, for the sake of math, let's say the NHL goes with a 41 game season. That won't be the number, but I'm going to just going to use that because it's 50% of 82. So the owners are going to say, great, we're playing half the games. You all get half your salaries. Well, the players could say, no, 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 no. You know, we still got to do training camp. We still got to deal with all this. Fine, we're going to play half the games, but we want 65% of our salary or, or 70. I think that still has to be worked out. So those are some things to keep in mind and still two of the many unknowns through this process. And of course, the big one really has nothing to do with sports. It has to do with society in, in general is what happens with the COVID numbers. I mean, there could be a point where uh, it's you just can't have fans at all. Maybe there's even less traveling than there is now. I mean, certainly the border is closed right now, which is why we're talking about a Canadian division. So all those things factor into it. But I can tell you for now, the NHL wants to start the season on January 1st. And there would very likely be, at least to start the season, a Canadian division. Which, by the way, we have not had a Canadian division in the NHL since 1938. And oddly enough, it was not made up of only Canadian teams. There was a Canadian division in the NHL from 1926 to 1938. I was not covering the league at that time. There was always at least one American team in the division. For example, in 26-27, it was the Montreal Canadiens, Montreal Maroons, Ottawa Senators, Toronto St. Patrick's, and the New York Americans. 
The St. Louis Eagles were in the division for a while. And then the last three years of the Canadian division, it was the Maple Leafs, the Maroons, the Canadians, and again, the New York Americans. So it would actually be quite historic just from a hockey standpoint to have a Canadian division of only Canadian teams. All right, 780-496-0063 to call or text. We have your virtual Grey Cup house party code word when we get back, and we'll tell you what's going on with Dave's Drive. It's the 2020 Grey Cup that couldn't happen, but the ultimate virtual Grey Cup house party that did. 6.30, Chet, along with the Double E football team, want to give one lucky listener the ultimate at-home experience delivered to your home by the Double E football team mascot, Punter. The winner gets 500 bucks worth of Double E gear, a $100 gift certificate for Save on Foods, $100 worth of Skip the Dishes gift cards, plus an additional four $40 Skip the Dishes gift cards to be shared with four friends. We'll give you the code word at 620 this week on Inside Sports. Today's code word is quarterback. Q-W-A, oh, pardon me, Q-U-A-R-T-E-R-B-A-C-K. Enter that on the contest page at 630Ched.com. Look for the ultimate virtual Grey Cup house party. That's pretty cool. We're going to have a lot of special double E guests next week to uh, celebrate what would have been the week leading up to the Grey Cup. All right, quarterbacks, the code word. Goalie Doc is on the line. Goalie Doc, I always appreciate when you call. Go ahead, sir. Uh, hi, Reed. Um, thanks. I've, I've been listening to you today this morning when you're talking to Shay and, and Chelsea and then listening to Bob and stuff talking about this topic. But I think it's gonna, uh, the medical part's going to probably play a big role in this. Um, it, with setting up the two bubbles before, like they did in, in Edmonton and Toronto, you had two spots where they were testing and uh, had it all set up really well. But I think if they're thinking about January 1st, like mo- like most of you guys have been saying, they're really going to have to have something set up because they're going to have to have all the testing done. And if people are going in and out of these bubbles, there's a good chance with the amount of COVID out there that somebody's going to come down with that. And the problem is, is as you know, in a dressing room, if one person gets it, it probably spreads pretty quickly. So just have my concerns. I know if uh, Batman says it's going to start January 1st, it'll start January 1st, but I have a feeling it's going to be a, a little bit of a moving target. The thing with the Canadian division sounds good. Uh, when they get, If they get through that, um, I'm just a bit concerned about uh, what's going to happen there uh, in terms of the, the medical testing and... Uh, how it's going to be to try and keep it out of the out of the uh, players' dressing rooms. Now, goalie doc, you shared with us, uh, I think, when you called in in July or August, that you're you're a physician in Edmonton, correct? That's correct, a family physician. Yeah. And are, and and are things uh, any different in your world the last few weeks? Uh, we're still doing things pretty well. The same. We we're seeing um, probably about sixty uh, percent of the patients are in in office and maybe 20, uh, 40% maybe by phone. It depends on the day. But uh, we're seeing, you know, like I'm starting to get calls from people saying they've come in contact. Like I haven't had any patients in the office because we're really careful. But there's patients like uh, one person uh, was telling us that they received, they got it from the gym. Another person was 
you know, it's, so it's out there, and you hear you have your patients calling in uh, about going and get testing, and but it's uh, the numbers are going up. So it's it's just as the more you have uh, people exposed to it, it's pretty hard. Uh, you have to be super careful. And I know that the athletes were great when they were in the two bubbles, but when you go in and out of bubbles, it's pretty hard when you're going home to your family um, to keep it out, um, maybe out of the uh, dressing rooms. Anyways, it's just a thought. I think they'll go through with it because, like everybody says, you want to keep the leak going. And you, people were making the comments, well, maybe lo- the owners will think it costs too much money to keep it going. But I think they'd rather... Uh, you know, even if they have to play without fans, they'd rather keep it going initially and um, just to keep the league going because otherwise it's out of sight, out of mind. It's kind of uh, another important point. So that, that's just my thoughts. Goalie Doc, I appreciate it. Take care of yourself, okay? Okay, you too. Bye. That's Goalie Doc, 780-496-0063. You can also text that number. Cowtown Bob has done that. He says, hi, Reed. My perspective would be from an NHL owner. I think there are several owners that will be hesitant to hold a season unless the following conditions exist. Number one, a vaccine is a reality, and at least 25% of the arena can be filled with fans. Number two, each team can have about 30 home games. Number three, the players agree to a reduction in compensation by 40%. If the previous two items don't materialize, there are obviously too many owners or pardon me. There are too many owners adversely affected by the pandemic and they will be very selective about the conditions. If the NHL returns in the next six months. Yeah, I think that's a pretty astute comment. Countdown, Bob. I think you have some good thoughts there. All right. Jay on rights coming up. Bob Stoffer a little later. Hockey hall of fame week will continue at seven 30 with a guy who was a great defenseman. Phil Housley is going to check in. It's inside sports on six 30 chat. Edward Van Halen on the lead guitar. Tennessee up 7-0 on Indy. Three minutes and ten seconds into the first quarter on Thursday Night Football. We'll keep you updated. Paul Casey leads the Masters. He shot 7-under. Not everybody finished their opening round today. Freddie Freeman wins the National League MVP in Major League Baseball. Hockey Hall of Famer Phil Housley on the show in one hour as we continue Hall of Fame week here on Inside Sports. You've already heard from Lanny McDonald and Mark Howe. We have Rod Langway lined up for tomorrow night. Going to be fun. Got a text here to uh, 780-496-0063 from Harry, who says, Jay Onright is on the show tonight. Say it ain't so. Hate to do this to you, but I'll be switching to another station until 7. Worst guest ever, in my opinion. And on that note, we welcome the pride of Athabasca, Jay Onright, to the show. I assume that's one of your relatives writing in tonight, Jay. Who who is that? What what was his name and where was he from? Uh, I don't know where he's from. His name's Harry. Oh, and that's a real text? That's a that's a text from allegedly a real human being. It could be an AI wow. texting the show. I don't know. Well, seems like uh seems like things aren't going as well as I thought, uh, in terms of your audience because I was under the impression that the audience loved our witty repartee. 
Well, I did get a text from James earlier who says that I live for your interviews with the Pride of Athabasca, Jay Onright. So one up, one down. That's not so bad. Perfect. Perfect. We've got two people caring about what we're saying. I love it. That's 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 doubled in capacity. Well, actually, it's more than doubled because it was zero before. How are things going? What's what's going on? What's this corner gas thing? You're on an episode. Oh. You were on an episode. What's with this cartoon thing? Yeah, yeah. Corner gas animated. Uh, you may remember Corner Gas, very popular uh, uh, Canadian sitcom. Uh, somewhat legendary, I would say. Brent Butt, good Saskatchewan guy, created it. And now, like uh, a lot of shows, uh, they do an animated version. And Brent, uh, we were, we were uh, of course, in the Corner Gas movie. I, I know that's one of your favorite films. And um, and so Brent, uh, we have a good relationship with Brent. He asked us to be in it, uh, in the animated version. And instead of playing ourselves, we're playing uh, Dante and Kyle, a couple of uh, lacrosse players who come to Dog River for a uh, lacrosse tournament. Uh, or are we rugby? No, we're rugby players, Reed. That's right. That's right. We're rugby players because we're so buff. I don't know if you've seen the, uh, the mock-ups of our characters. Yeah. I, I, I did see that. It definitely, well, not that I've really seen you with your shirt off, but that's not how I imagine you with your shirt off. Not that I sit around imagining you with your shirt off. I think a lot of your listeners do. Uh, obviously, Harry does. And um, and I appreciate Harry thinking about about my, my shirtless bod. Um, but yeah, uh, so that comes out this Monday on CTV Comedy Read. I hope uh, your listeners get a chance to check it out. Uh, Corner Gas Animated with myself and Dan O'Toole and Brent Butt. Okay, so when you're voicing something for an animated show, and we're in the middle of a pandemic here, I don't know when you voiced it. Did you go to a studio? Did you send it in from home? Were the other people in the scene there with you, or do they just give you the lines and say, hey, read these a bunch of different ways? Tell everybody how it gets produced. It's actually really, really cool. So first of all, it was pre-pandemic, but uh, Brent lives in Vancouver, and we're, of course, out here in Toronto. So... Um, Brent was via Skype, and uh, he was just feeding us some lines. And uh, Dan and myself were in studio together. And uh, it was really fun, really interactive. I think we did, you know, two or three takes of each of each line. And, uh, and we were off and running. And I have not seen the finished product. So when it airs on Monday, uh, I'll be seeing it for the first time along with everyone else. So I'm really looking forward to it. My understanding is, uh, if I recall correctly, that... Uh, uh, Wanda, the Wanda character, uh, has uh, quite a thing for myself and uh, Dan in the show, and she's trying to uh, get us to, uh, you know, have some fun and party. But uh, she's in for a bit of a surprise, uh, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, I'm titillated now. I'm gonna have to yeah. watch for sure. Well, set the VCR, everybody. <laughs> That's <Okay>. cool. <laughs> okay, I, I, we got. I gotta get you to tell this story because I, I know about this. We've never talked about it on air. Speaking of animated shows, while you were in Los Angeles working for Fox, and I mean, to me, this just would be a mind-bogglingly cool experience. Did you not to get, get to sit in on, on a table read of a Simpsons episode? Yes, I did. That was a, that was a really cool experience. We, we were invited as Fox employees. Uh, you had the opportunity, uh, you know, maybe once to go sit in on a Simpsons table read. So they would... Um, they would have a few members of the cast around the table, and then Harry Shearer and Hank Azaria were via um, speakerphone. 
And so I think they were both in New York City. And they literally, the cast literally read through the script in character. And uh, and so like Azaria, when his lines would come up, you know, if he was Sapu or whomever or Chief Wiggum, um, he would mute to hear his voice over the speakerphone saying the lines. And uh, it was just an amazing thing. It was like watching a, a play, you know, like it was watching a stage show. And uh, and James L. Brooks was in the room, and I kept looking over at him, and he was laughing at all the lines and stuff. And I thought, wow, this must be a pretty good life James L. Brooks is leading, just, uh, you know, creating the most famous animated show of all time, and then just come to the table reads and laugh at all the lines that his writers write for him. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a pretty awesome experience for sure. And then when it was over, Matt Groening was actually there, and he signed our uh, our scripts for us. So uh, still have the script of the table read that we were able to sit in on. So definitely a very cool experience, no question. Uh, okay, so when you go into a situation like that, and, and as you mentioned, it's it's I mean it's one of the greatest shows of all time, if not the greatest, especially about the first ten seasons. It's amazing. It's whoa, still whoa, going. Whoa, whoa, I think you're forgetting about a little program called Sports Center with Jay and Dan, presented by McDonald's every night on TSN at ten o'clock Edmonton time. TM. I'm, t- I- I'm talking about American television for the Simpsons, oh, Jay. Right. Yeah, I'm just going to limit because there's so many great Canadian shows like Snow Job, yeah. Murdoch Mysteries, yeah. Snow Job. Snow you know, like yeah. <laughs> oh man, Snow Job was good. Littlest Hobo, obviously, which you and I both share an affinity for. So (laughs) when you go into that situation, so do they tell the cast, okay, here's who our guests are today, or do they tell you, okay, like try not to laugh too much, they're concentrating. Like, Jeff, do you you get some direction going going into that, or what do they expect? Yeah, you do. You you get introduced to everybody, and everyone pretend, pretends like they care. And then um, you're, you know, I think there's there's six or so people allowed to just sit in on the read um, every week. So I think by now, you know, we're on what season, what twenty five or something, or even more. So I think by now the cast is used to having uh, guests come in and sit in the table reads, and they're all professional actors, right? They've performed, you know, in front of people before, so. Um, we were just told we can laugh at anything. There was no sort of restrictions. We were obviously told not to interrupt. But, right. um, but in general, it was, it was a very relaxed atmosphere, um, just a boardroom on the Fox studio lot. And um, it was just a very relaxed and easygoing atmosphere. So, yeah, I, I, I was really impressed how casual it was and, uh, and how kind everyone was. Um, I've heard Harry Shearer is difficult to work with, but he was on speakerphone, so uh, I wouldn't know. <laughs> That'd be amazing. So don't suggest any lines, guys. <laughs> right, hey, Mr. Exactly. Brooks. Don't, that's right. Yeah, don't, don't, don't suggest any alternate lines for the, uh, for the longtime stars of The Simpsons. I think they've got it. Exactly, Reed. You nailed it. Uh, Jay Onright joining us tonight on uh, Inside Sports, the pride of Athabasca, Alberta, and uh, the uh, most uh, favorite sportscaster by our listener, Harry, who has flipped to another station. He was so excited that Jay was going to be on. How, how is the show plugging away? I thought you guys, um, uh, I, I, I texted you. You did a really nice uh, top 10 list the other day, but I've already forgotten exactly uh, what it was about. Certainly. Uh, uh, yeah, what did you text me about? I, I got to. Uh, we got to start putting uh, down. We're getting old. We are getting pretty old. I had a whole bunch of good ideas for the interview. What was it? Um, uh, oh, 
gosh, what was it? <laughs> this is terrible radio. What was it? I know, I'm forgetting too. But I, but I wanted to bring up um, for you, uh, I mean, it must have been interesting for you to see Joey Moss's passing, as, as sad as it was, for that to make national news. Uh, I mean, I, I thought that was pretty touching, the reaction across the country. It was unbelievable. I agree. And, and I understand you did a couple of amazing shows about it. And uh, there were so many great tributes. And, and yeah, you know, like it's like you grow up in the Edmonton area and you know all about Joey and you know all about uh, his legacy and how important he is to the not just the team and the organization, but the, the entire community. Um, just a source of pride and and so for him to uh, uh, to leave us, uh, obviously everyone got super emotional, and I completely understand that. And I certainly did out out here in Toronto. And um, yeah, he was just such a huge part of our lives growing up. You know, you can't almost can't imagine the Oilers without him. So um, I, I am looking forward to to seeing what the team does. Uh, I know it's tough pandemic uh, times to to do tributes and stuff like that, but. Uh, I'm sure they've got some good stuff planned uh, in honor of Joey, and uh, yeah, it was it was a it was a sad thing. But I agree with you. It, there there was sort of a silver lining to it, in that he obviously touched so many people's lives that you just saw that outpouring of love for him, and you know not just from former players, but just from you know anyone who had come into contact with him. And uh, and I also love how much he loved wrestling. Man, he loved wrestling. Oh yeah, <laughs> he was just so into wrestling. So yeah, no, I I, uh, I was really really touched by by all of that. Reed, I I was was so impressed uh, the way it did make national news and and so many people weighed in on it. Uh, I thought that was a really great thing. All right, uh, some quick hitters here for Jay before we let you go prep for your show or whatever it is you do. First of all, one texture says I love having you, Jay. Uh, Jay, you're on Canada's all-time favorite comedy show. So there you go. Right. Uh, uh, Halloween in Athabasca, best costume you ever wore as a kid. I was talking to my wife about this the other day because she has this impression. She grew up in Toronto and she has never been to Athabasca, so she thinks it's some sort of desolate sort of like it's like <laughs> the planet Hoth and Empire Strikes Back or something like that. And But I kind of perpetuate this thought in her head because she asked me what my favorite costume was growing up, and I said it didn't matter because it was always so cold in Athabasca by October 31st that I would uh, get, you know, my Spider-Man costume with the plastic mask and the string tying it to the back of your head. Uh, it looked like a garbage bag, essentially, with some Spider-Man stuff on it. But you would never see it because you'd have your, your, coat, your winter coat on over top of it. You'd have your sun ice jacket on over top of it. So you couldn't see it anyway. So it really didn't matter what you were wearing. You might as well just have been going as a sun ice model. Um, so I essentially went as a sun ice model for the first 12 years of my life. Uh, so that's my holiday memory of, uh, of Halloween in Athabasca. And what are you more looking forward to, tonight's new episode of Star Trek Discovery or tomorrow's new episode of The Mandalorian? I love these questions, and I can't understand why Harry isn't into our sci-fi talk. For me, Reed, I'm such a huge Trekkie or Trekker, um, but, man, The Mandalorian wins it out for me. It's, every week it's so exciting, and it's so suspenseful. I think John Favreau has just done an amazing job with that show. And You know an actor is a good actor uh, when... So I'm talking about Pedro Pascal, who is The Mandalorian. We've seen his face once for like five seconds, 
he's acting with a helmet on through the entire series, and it's like he's compelling and fantastic, and, and you can't take your eyes off the character. So, yeah, good. you know you're a good actor when you have a helmet on your entire uh, television show and you're still uh, doing a great job. So, yeah, I, I love The Mandalorian. I'm a huge fan. Disney Plus. Uh, yeah, it's a good show. Okay, so you're on after the football game tonight. You got an hour, about an hour tonight? We're, yeah, we're on after the football game. So... And, uh, We'll be we'll be on you know as soon as the game's over and then we'll reset the show at ten o'clock Edmonton time. So uh, yeah, tune in to the to the Thursday nighter after you're finished listening to Reed and then uh, watch our show tonight. It should be a gooder. All right, so and just to remind everybody, not a lot going on in sports. Jay's got an hour show, so half an hour of football highlights, half an hour of golf highlights. That's your lineup. That's pretty much it, and then <laughs> maybe ten minutes talking about. Uh, Halloween costumes in Athabasca. Jay, you're the best. Thank you for coming on. All the best to your family, man. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. You too, Reed. Uh, and uh, and hope you guys have a terrific uh, November. And uh, and uh, I hope everybody goes and visits Kathy's Greek Delights at Hub Mall because that's a great place to go. I hope it's still open. No idea. That is Jay Onright from SC with Jay and Dad on DSN. As he said, you can get him after the Thursday nighter tonight. Uh, I love talking to Jay. We tend to touch on a few different topics. And uh, I think most of you enjoy having him on the show, but uh, Harry changed the channel. Hopefully he'll be back after 7 o'clock. We're going to take a quick time out inside Sports on Chet. minutes left in the first quarter Titans lead the Colts 7 nothing. we'll keep you updated Thursday night football thanks a lot for tuning in tonight we're going to have Bob Stoffer coming up between 7 and 7.30 the quiz for Stoffer is ready to go it's hot off the presses actually that's not true I wrote it down this afternoon I should get a printing press in my house that would be nice you could probably get them cheap nowadays Phil Housley's our Hockey Hall of Fame guest tonight He'll join us at 7.30. We have Rod Langway scheduled for 6.30 tomorrow night. Mark Howe and Lanny McDonald joined us earlier in the week. It'll be uh, Green and Gold Grey Cup week on the show next week. Uh, I will tease that on Monday's show, we have a prominent member of uh, five Grey Cup championship teams for the double E. He's going to join us on Monday, and we'll have special guests throughout the week. And, of course, we'll keep you updated on whatever is or isn't happening, I suppose, with the National Hockey League. If you missed it off the top, January 1st remains the target date for the NHL. Of course, it's subject to change. Modified uh, hub cities could be an option, as could teams playing series. So it could be a baseball-type schedule where if uh, you're the Edmonton Oilers, maybe you start the season with three home games against Montreal and then Ottawa comes in for three and then the Oilers go out east and play Toronto for three and Montreal for three and then come back and do more series against teams to cut down on the travel. That is if they don't go with uh, the modified hubs. But there just seems to be so much. The the one thing I feel really sure about, because I'm I'm still not sure about January 1st, uh, I'm still... I'm still not sure about how they're going to do it um, in terms of like I was just talking about 
hubs or 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 uh, series. I'm not sure about the number of games. John Shannon thinks it's 56 if they start January 1st. That sounds reasonable. But it just seems more and more like there will be a Canadian division, at least to start um, at least to start the series. So that's what I can give you for now. And we'll update you as we, we continue to learn things. Hey, this is pretty cool. I, I want to remind everybody about this. Uh, the third annual Dave's Drive is underway in support of Sports Central. Of course, it's named after Dave Semenko, the late, great, legendary enforcer for the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, it, it, it starts tomorrow, but they basically had the kickoff today at Rogers Place with the Oilers uh, alumni and the Community Foundation donating 1,200 pieces of new youth hockey equipment. And, of course, if you have used equipment, gently used equipment around the house, hockey or otherwise for that matter, I think a lot of this uh, focus at this time of year is hockey, but, of course, Sports Central does take other sports and they look for bicycles and uh, and things like that. Go to sportscentral.org. You can find out more about Dave's Drive and where to donate uh, equipment. If, if you're able to give a monetary donation, that those are accepted as well. I, I know it's tough times for a lot of people, but certainly if uh, you have some equipment that you have that a child has outgrown or maybe it's been sitting in the garage or a closet not being used for several years, if it's in decent enough shape, hey, donate it, and it might help keep a kid involved in the sport. At the event today, uh, I talked quickly with Jason Semenko, Dave's son. Yeah, it means a lot to our family. Um, he will be take, my dad will be taken back to this because he was pretty modest, but this is truly no words can describe the honor it is to have this being done in his name and for kids in need. All right. Also on hand today, Sportsnet's Gene Principe, who's uh, on the board of directors for Sports Central. Well, this is incredible. You know, I uh, so many of us in Edmonton. You know, people in my age group saw Dave Semenko on the ice and he was big and he was tough and he was mean and he was really tough. And then you got to meet him off the ice and he was still big, he was still tough, but he wasn't mean. He was a very nice man and a very community-minded man who's been connected to this city and the Oilers for no more than four decades. So to get something going like Dave's Drive, uh, in my mind, it keeps the the spirit and the legacy and the goodwill of Dave uh, alive, despite the fact, unfortunately, Dave isn't. And it helps kids play sports. And I know Dave was great at hockey, but he also played other sports. So it kind of wraps it up in a neat, tidy bow uh, for the Oilers, for Sports Central, and for the kids who get a chance to uh, get money donated for equipment or directly receive equipment. And from the Oilers alumni, he's on the board of the Community Foundation, Craig Simpson. I've been around Edmonton a long time, and Sports Central has been a pretty pivotal part. And I, I think of, uh, you know, my, my older boys, uh, Dylan and Riley, over the years, uh, lots of good quality equipment that when they've grown out of it, it goes to Sports Central. And hopefully some other young kid gets an opportunity to, to play the sport and maybe have equipment that he couldn't afford otherwise. And so I think the fact that the Oilers and the organization stepped up with you look around here with the amount of brand new equipment, it's pretty staggering. And I think just to get in people's minds that when you do have an opportunity to donate and make a difference in somebody uh, getting a chance to play, it doesn't have to be hockey, as you know, Sports Central has everything. I just think it's a, it's a really important part of our community. 
So Dave's drive starts tomorrow, goes until the 27th. Easy to remember that. That's Dave's jersey number. And uh, more in the story I posted on 630Ched.com, globalnews.ca. Really cool. Back with Bob Stoffer after the break and Phil Housley's at 730. 630Ched Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630Ched.